Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired on Mixler.com to discuss the season three finale episode of the show titled Battles Lost and Won. So this is this is going to be an episode where everybody's going to have to hang tight with us. We're getting a little ambitious because, Morgan, now we have lots of sound sound effects. We have oh lots my God. of them. We have, <laughs> we have uh, the news, the traditional news sound effect. We have uh, boardroom or ballroom. We have snap judgments. So I've got a lot of things in my in my playlist here. So uh, anything can happen. It's a live episode. Anything goes. <laughs> so we'll see how this works. Uh, but yeah, so we are going to be talking about the season three uh, epi- uh, season three finale episode of the show. But first up, we actually have some news that we need to catch up on. And let me get that sound effect ready because I don't have it ready. And this is why this is live. All right, <laughs> hang hang on, everybody. All right, so we've got some news that we got to get to. The news. All right, I've already screwed that up. Uh, So now that the season is over, we have some news uh, about the cast that we need to cover. According to TVLine.com, Jeremy Jeremy Jordan, who has been a series regular on Supergirl since it premiered on CBS in 2015, will return in a recurring capacity when the show kicks off its fourth season this fall. Executive producers Robert Rovner and Jessica Queller told TVLine.com that they are, quote, already breaking big stories for him, unquote, and they quote, think that the fans will be excited to see what he has coming up, unquote. So, Morgan, what do you think about uh, Jeremy Jordan uh, being downgraded from a series regular to a recurring character next season? Uh, uh, what, what do you think about this news? I mean, I kind of wish the news hadn't broken before I uh, I personally had a chance to watch the finale, because I think I would have <laughs> been more surprised, to be honest. Um, yes. <laughs> again, this is a personal problem, uh, not a problem for them. But um, no, I mean, I feel like they have really, we've talked about it a little bit this season, but they've really struggled with what to do with Win. I think when they give Jeremy Jordan uh, good material, he's great, but they don't give him a lot to do um, much. Like he had a girlfriend who just, an alien girlfriend who just straight up disappeared and was never mentioned again. (laughs) (laughs) Even, even at the end when he was like, I have so much here. I have you guys and the DEO and certainly not my alien girlfriend. So, I mean, it's just, they, (laughs) they super struggle with what to do with wins. I wasn't, really surprised and with the other um the other news that I don't want to like preempt my part but it feels like he might have been a little bit redundant uh next season so I'm sad though Jeremy Jordan is great yeah he is uh going to be very missed um I I agree with you the the news maybe could have come after the episode aired it was <laughs> very strange but it's it's uh kind of on par for the CW to announce things before people see things. Uh, so I'm not really surprised that they, they let that cat out of the bag pretty early. But I guess they wanted to uh, let fans know so nobody would freak out about what was going down. So maybe it was a, a way to make sure that everybody was okay with what was happening. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss Wynn. It's going to be sad to see and uh, not see him as much next season. But maybe maybe we'll see him a little bit and maybe he'll he'll have a story. Maybe we'll get to hear about what he's uh, doing in the future 
and uh, all the cool things he's uh, doing with the Legion. And uh, speaking of the Legion, Morgan, we have some some other news. We certainly do. Good transition. Uh, in another cast <laughs> Thank change, you. in another cast change, uh, Jesse Rath, who reoccurred in season three of Supergirl as Brainiac Five, has been promoted to series regular for season four of the CW series. So, you know, the Supergirl giveth and Supergirl taketh away. <laughs> That's <is> very <laughs> true. That is very true. Um, I really liked Brainy this season, even though he had that personal image inducer, and I was really upset that he doesn't look like Brainiac 5. Uh, at least he, 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 you know, Jesse had a really good performance and a really good take on the character. Um, so I'll be excited to see what he does next season and how he uh, transitions into being into this present timeline and, and on Earth. So I'll be excited to see what stories they might have coming for him because he's he's a pretty big deal for the character of Supergirl so I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with him me too and I, I think they did a really good job with him this season especially as somebody coming in like not really knowing I don't really have that back the backstory of like ha- knowing the character that well and I really liked him I was excited when I saw that he was being upgraded because I think that he worked on the show really well yeah, the only thing is, like, if they couldn't do that makeup very often, how are they going to do that <laughs> with a full season? I mean, I, I think, Rebecca, I, I don't want to, like, I don't want to let you down, but I think that they're just going to give up on it. Like, I think I think that makeup uh, is, uh, is I wouldn't get too attached is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to anticipate that he's going to be using the personal image inducer all season. <laughs> I'm just going to have to deal with it. It's just going to be one of those things that I'm going to have to overcome, like snap or not snapping. Um, <laughs> some of those things we're just not going to get. Sometimes, sometimes we don't get good things. Uh, Listen, but, sometimes uh, the show is bittersweet. <laughs> sometimes the, the things are great, and not, sometimes, <laughs> to, in my opinion, the makeup was also like not great. So I, I guess I can kind of deal with it a little bit more because the makeup to me was not my favorite. Well, yeah. Well, and I think you disliked it for a, re- a different reason than I disliked it. I disliked it because it was not green. And I think you were like, it's not done very well. Yes, yes. That was that. I mean, the green would have probably been better, but it did look like um, it did look like he watched half of a Kardashian like makeup tutorial on like <laughs> shading and then just gave up. So that was my real <laughs> concern with it. <laughs> Uh, so, um, uh, makeup jokes aside, uh, very excited about Brainiac 5 for next season. And speaking of season four, we have a premiere date. Supergirl season four will start on Sunday, October 14th at 8 p.m. Eastern. So mark your calendars, get used to Supergirl being on Sunday nights. I actually am going to be okay with that. That sounds good to me. That's one of my days off from work. So that works out for me. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be totally cool with that. And I'm actually really glad that we know this now because then we can start planning Supergirl Radio Season 3.5 and uh, see what shenanigans we're going to be up to this summer. Uh, That'll help us plan what we're going to do there. So thank you, CW, for helping us schedule our podcast episodes. That is, they're, that they're is really very good that thoughtful. way for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is really just to help us out. Uh, so, um, so that's great. So uh, October 14th at 8 p.m. Eastern, that's on a Sunday. So uh, make sure, sure you're there. I'll, I'll probably be live tweeting and missing about 70% of the episode and having to watch it about three or four times in, in order to fully understand it like I did this week. 
Uh, so, <laughs> so that's uh, okay. I, I have like my conspiracy board with like the red, like the red string, <laughs> like from one thing to another, just trying to figure out what's going on. Well, and speaking of transitions, that's also a good one uh, because now we're going to get to the portion of the podcast, the live podcast episode where Morgan is going to explain to me what happened in the season three finale of Supergirl. Um, so before we get into <laughs> oh that, boy. let's get You're in, in for a treat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get into uh, the official description for this episode. It was uh, called Battles Lost and Won, which was a pretty appropriate title because we had a battle that was lost. And then we had a battle that was won. So that seems like an appropriate title. Um, <laughs> so here is the official description. Uh, quote, Supergirl and team take on Selena in an epic battle for Earth, unquote. And the most concise official description that we've ever got gotten for this show. I so mean, I think, I think you missed the, un, the unwritten part of the description, which is that Jean has a terrible secret. We still don't know. I mean... Do, do we not? Did, did it not come out in this episode? I, maybe maybe it was there and maybe we just missed it. Maybe it was <laughs> we, like a hidden secret. What if it was in like the timeline that she reset and now we'll just never know? <gasps> oh, oh, no. <laughs> that is why you shouldn't play with time travel. Exactly. Those, We're just about to find out. <laughs> God. Well, that's you know a, what? I'm going to really go with what that. She should have done like when she did, like was just about to reset time. He he goes like, "Wait, I have to tell you my secret." And then she just like, <laughs> goes back in time. Oh man, I would have been so mad. <laughs> I was already not liking the time like I don't I don't personally personally we'll get into this. I I'm not a big fan of characters being like, "Oh well, I screwed up. I guess I'll have to have a mulligan so I can try to fix it." Like I'm not a real big fan of that, but if they did that and then uh uh made it so that I could not know what John's uh secret was, that would have been really really <laughs> upsetting. I would have much more um uh, heated feelings for this episode, if that was the case. <laughs> um, so speaking of which, uh, maybe we should get started talking about the episode and, and sort of the big showdown and the conclusion to the Rain season-long arc. So, uh, Morgan, what did you think about how Supergirl and the Legion of Superheroes and the DEO, how did, what did you think about all of them coming together to defeat Rain? Yeah, I liked it. I, I thought it was really cool how they brought everybody back together um, the way that they started the episode was like really dramatic and, and cool. Um, and Mirren's sacrifice was Mirren, Marin. Okay, here, I right. guess we're, I, I mean, t- t- so, time out. It's, so I'm very sad that he's gone, but I mean, on the flip side, we're never going to have to have this discussion again, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's the thing. So in the beginning of the season, I swear Melissa Benoist said Mirren. And that's why I started saying Mirren. Then, a couple episodes ago, Kyler Lee started saying Marin, and then in this finale episode, Melissa Benoist said Marin. So I was like, okay, so should I go with what Supergirl says? <laughs> so I maybe for this episode, let's call him Marin? I mean, no, crap, I said, I said it the wrong way. Or is it Marin? Marin. It's Marin, right? I th- maybe we should say Marin. R.I.P. whoever you episode. are. <laughs> <laughs> this is that, why you gotta be consistent. <laughs> that wandering, what is it? Comma? The, the apostrophe. Not, apostrophe. It, yeah, it's an apostrophe that keeps it moving. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which which really bothers me because when I first learned about Marin, that's how I said his name. 
And so then I got confused when the show started airing. And I was like, okay, well, I'll go with this. It's very confusing. But anyway, so you were saying uh, about how Marin sacrificed himself um, yes. Continue your I, thoughts. I thought that I thought that part was really sad, but I, I liked the way that they brought that storyline around and and had him give the last uh, the biggest part of his, his like his memories and his wisdom over to Jean before he like really bravely save uh, like sacrificed himself to save everyone. I thought that was really cool, and it was it was a nice ending for that storyline. Yeah, I thought they did a really nice job with the Jean Marin stuff this season. I think that was one of the more successful storylines of the season, uh, the way it, it sort of had this slow burn of Jean finding him and then having to uh, convince his father who he was. And then they bring him to Earth and he hangs out with all of uh, the, the super friends and they move in together. Like it it, it built up over time. And I, I thought it was a really sweet relationship. And um Speaking about his sacrifice, I thought it was a really nice touch that when they go to that cracked area and uh, Marin, I have to think about that really hard now, (laughs) Marin takes the staff of Kolar and he's going to go into, I guess, the core of the earth to stabilize... Sure, sure. Don't think too much about it. Don't think too much about it is, is my is my theory. Because if you see it, when he stabilizes the core of the earth by... Uh, mad magic i want to say uh rain is like currently going through the earth and then the earth's core closes on her which you think would have done the trick but yeah somehow she I, just I, I guess she just wiggled right back well she did know. say that I, I i think she did say that she had a little trouble but she made it out <laughs> she had a little trouble like the earth's core just like closes on her and she's like oh this is really gonna uh mess up my morning commute <laughs> so um before he uh, he does that uh jean and marin are standing there and they're they're surrounded by flames and if you know anything about martian manhunter his weakness is fire and so i thought it was really fitting that the two of them have gone through all this stuff together they've done the the reach ritual and it, it seems like at this point you know they they don't want to say goodbye to each other but it's uh, but it's a point where they're going to be heroes. And so they've kind of overcome that fear. And I really, I thought it was really cool that uh, Marin says to Jean, he says, you looked into the flames and you had no fear. So that I thought was a really nice touch that while they were having that conversation, they were surrounded by fire. So that was really cool that they, they were facing this horrible thing that was happening. And even going into the core of the earth, I would guess would be pretty hot. So uh, fire and flames all around. So um, I, I thought that that was a really cool way to do that. And so, so we, uh, we stabilized the earth. We got that dealt with. But then we have to go uh, have a showdown with Selena and the Kryptonian witches in the new Fortress of Sanctuary. And uh, they have a plan, but then it kind of goes wrong. And they, uh, Kara has to figure out a- another way to do it. What did you think about all that? What What are your thoughts about the time travel aspect of of what Kara decided to do? Yeah, I wasn't. I don't know. I go back and forth on it. I I didn't hate it, but it's not my favorite thing. And I kind of hope that they don't start using time travel as like a a reset, um, because 
<laughs> this is funny coming from me, one of the co-hosts of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. <laughs> I don't understand time travel that much. Like, I get confused when it comes to time travel. Usually I, like, toss it over to Amy when we're talking about something on Legends. And I'm like, Amy, how, explain how this works. Um, but sometimes on Legends, the answer is, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I think things get really confusing when you add in time travel, especially if it's like a, a show where time travel is not the main bag. Uh, so I don't want them to start using time travel as like a convenient way to fix stuff. Uh, but with that said, I thought it was it was neat because it, it did. It wasn't like we watched half of an like half of an episode and then Supergirl had to go back like 25 minutes to like the beginning of the episode and redo <laughs> everything again, which is like if we had to Groundhog Day, I swear to God. Um, but the, <laughs> she just sort of went directly back. She just sort of uh, like hit the rewind button like a little bit, uh, yes. which I did. She knew exactly where to go. Yeah, exactly. She 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 uh, she knows what's up with time travel way more than I do, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not crazy about the use of time travel when things get tough and the hero is challenged and and they they need to figure out another way out. I personally I find that kind of lazy and it removes all the stakes. Like I thought it was pretty shocking that. Um, Rain goes crazy with the heat vision and hits Allura, hits Monel, um, knocks everybody out. Uh, I, I thought that that was really powerful because then Kara was by herself, and of course Jean is still alive. I, I didn't quite fully understand all of that because would heat vision from a Kryptonian impale another Kryptonian like that? Could could Rain kill Allura just with her heat vision? Yeah, that was also like my question because, like, honestly, Wynn survived a heat vision blast last week with just like a a belt. So, I mean, his buddy didn't. R.I.P. But yeah, it <laughs> seems strange that a Kryptonian would be taken out in like a second by a heat vision blast. I just thought I feel like we've seen Kryptonians get hit with heat vision blasts and like not immediately die. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe they just maybe Monel and Alora just got knocked out. Maybe they weren't killed. I could buy that a little more than them being killed with the heat vision because they're invulnerable. But so didn't but didn't John that. basically say like Monel is dead? Oh, yeah, he did. He said uh Monel uh died to save me. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, he did say he, that. He really, he really put it like put a underline under the fact that he was dead because I also thought I was like, are they dead or are they unconscious? And John was like, no, no, they dead. <laughs> so I thought, I thought that that was actually really uh, impactful. Just you know, to to see Kara fail like that. I thought that that would, you know, I mean, for a season finale, you you want the hero to succeed, of course, but I, I that really taught took me by surprise and the fact that it then got reversed I was like "Ugh, that kind of zaps all that not that I wanted any of those characters <laughs> to die I didn't but I it just I don't know it sucked out all the drama and all of the emotion from it and I think that's part of the reason I don't like those kind of time travel fix it kind of stories like I, I didn't really care for it in Superman the movie and I didn't really care for it here although in this episode the season three finale of Supergirl I think it was a little more justified because she had a way to time travel she she didn't just fly around the earth and spin it backwards she had a legion <laughs> ring that is actually used for time travel 
That's true. Some people in the chat are uh, maybe correctly pointing out that the atomic cauldron kind of supercharged rain, and that's why her heat vision blasts oh. were, I guess, fatal, which I can buy, but it, it does feel like, I mean, did they didn't say it. <laughs> no, but yeah, she did seem a little angrier. She did. Usual. She seemed real cranky. <laughs> so i i guess i guess that can make sense um but but like you i'm like i I hope that super this is the only time you get to turn time back you get you get this one cara you get this one and then you're done this is this is your one mulligan you don't get this again we're not doing this again (laughs) time time travel like that it really does frustrate me um and uh we don't think we don't want to get into like barry allen territory where like she starts traveling back in time, messing stuff up, going back to fix it, messing something up. I mean, I like it. I like the competition between Kara and Barry to figure out <laughs> who is fastest uh, because Kara is faster than Barry. That's been established. Um, but I don't want them to compete on who can screw up the timelines more. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not something I want to see them uh, who, who can win on that one. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, let's not do this time travel nonsense again. Um, do you think, though, because when Kara goes through the time travel process, whatever that was, a wormhole, I don't know, uh, she does uh, get, get some voiceovers from Alex and I think Allura and Jean. Do you think that that paid off her story arc for this season about her identity and her home? Do, do, you, do you feel like they, they earned that ending? Huh. That's a good question. Um, you know, I do think that they fell away from that theme a little bit um, here and there in the season. But I do think that they, they sort of, they did a, like a decent job at keeping it throughout. So I, th- I think that like, I think that they probably earned that moment um, talking about her Kryptonian heritage and her identity as Kara and her identity as Supergirl. I, I think that they they forgot that that was the theme of the season a couple of times, but they, they remembered <laughs> at the end. And I, I think that, that that should give them some credit. Yeah, I think they I think they landed it. I think they got to the end point where they wanted to be. I don't know that they fully got there like uh, in a cohesive steady consistent way i think they fumbled it a little bit in these last couple of episodes because it didn't feel like i don't know maybe maybe i kind of wanted more for her to follow fall away from cara danvers and then realize oh no something something's got you know i've got to be car like i think I, I got to clean this up and explain my thoughts because now I'm <laughs> becoming jumbled. So, like, for example, in the Legion of Superheroes episode, I thought that episode did a really good job of showing why Kara Danvers was necessary and why that part of her life was important. And I don't know if we got something like that at the end of this season. We saw her go to Argo and we saw her uh, re-attempting to be in the Kryptonian culture and among her people and all of that. But I don't know if we got a reason for her to understand why Kara was important after that. So I don't know. I yeah, mean, they I got think, there. I think, I think that was like a real problem with the, I, we talked about this before, but the fact that the Argo stuff felt so tacked on to the end of this season, when I think it should have been a, a much bigger part, especially when you're dealing with her identity, she just found out her 
part of her culture and her city is alive. Her mom's alive. And that all got compressed into like just a couple of episodes, like brief little episodes. So it did feel like they didn't really explore that as much as they could have. Yeah, I, I, I think I wanted more from Argo to really test her her Cara Danvers-ness, I guess, is is what I'm thinking. Um, just because I don't I don't know. It 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 didn't it didn't completely land for me, but I think in terms of the writing, they got to where they wanted. Like they got to the destination. The journey was a little wobbly there in the second half, but they they got to the the <laughs> end point. So I, I I will give them credit for that. Um, they did get there, and they they landed on Kara um, saying, you know, my whole life is here. She she realized that Kara and Supergirl and those parts of her life, that's important for her. That's what she needs to be doing. That's, you know, National City is where she needs to be. So they they got to that point for sure. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm glad that they, they had that scene at the end where Kara chose to stay on Earth and, and sort of talked about how important Earth was to her and her family and her friends there. I thought that that was really needed especially after a couple episodes ago when car was just like goodbye and just uh <laughs> just going home with uh like maybe like a one minute conversation beforehand she was like you know what i think i'm just gonna like peace out of here because i'm like tired of dealing with all this <laughs> i did you feel like they did a similar thing with Kara and alora in this episode i mean yeah, I guess. Uh, I feel like I feel like to me, what would what would have like smoothed that over a little bit was Card just kind of saying like, "Hey, you know, this isn't goodbye forever. I'll come visit." It felt weird that she didn't mention that. She was like, "Well, mom, it's been real. Uh, let's do like our our high fives and then let's just get out of here." <laughs> like, it yeah, was very I, strange. Like, I wish somebody had mentioned like. Again, once again, Car, you know you can travel back and forth, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was weird that like she didn't hug her mom bye. She, you know, it was very quick with with Allura saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to take Selena and these witches back to Argo, and we're going to have a just trial, which I thought was very character correct for her because Allura is uh, known as an adjudicator. She's dealt with. Uh, Fort Ra's inmates and prisoners, so that's that's right up her alley to take care of Selena and, and the witches. But uh, I just I thought that moved very quickly. Yeah, um, I will say that scene. Uh, that scene had my favorite moment of the whole episode, though, when Car is talking to her mom, and her mom is like, "Oh, I'm so glad that we're that you're I'm you know that that was it the Heronal is was the, the rock Herinel. that they had." Harinelle. She's like, I'm so glad that we're taking this back with us and none and none will be left on Earth. And if you look over at Lena, I've never seen a person's face look more guilty in my entire life. <laughs> like, never do not step to me and say Katie McGrath can't do comedy because that was the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. She like literally like looks off to the side like whoopsies. <laughs> it's like the most obvious. How, like how no one caught that. Like you would think that I just wanted Supergirl to turn around and be like, Lena, do you have something to share with the class? <laughs> well we do so we do see at the end that lena does have some black kryptonite some some of the hair nails still left she wants to experiment on it with uh miss desmaker 
Uh, so she's going to do that with Eve uh, doing something with it. I, I'm not in- exactly sure, but <laughs> that's that's a, an interesting observation. I'm going to have to go back and watch it for like the fifth time. Yes, uh, to just make watch sure that scene and just watch her face. It is one of the one of the funniest background performances I think I've seen on Supergirl since like Alex is like creeping in, like getting a drink in the background of a bunch of scenes. <laughs> <laughs> good catch, good catch. Uh, speaking of hilarious things that made me laugh in the episode, uh, so what are your thoughts on uh, T. Coville, T. Co. coming back oh, from the dead? T-co. So he's dead now, though, right? <laughs> I couldn't keep up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He was just in the ship, just kind of laying down. So he might be asleep. And maybe he was, like, really exhausted. He was or just maybe he's dead. tired. It's been a long day <laughs> for him. You know, it, it's hard when you, like, put your heart and soul into something and then they betray you and kill you. It's, like, it's hard <laughs> to get out of bed after that. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah had, was, he had too much cult time. Too much cult. See, again, cults. Not great for you. That's the real lesson <laughs> of this season of Supergirl. <laughs> I thought it was really funny that he got up and like managed to crawl away and get into the get into the spaceship. Which how did how did he know about? Never mind. And uh, do the, the <laughs> stress beacon. Which again, how did he know? Never mind. But uh, you know what, Kiko, you uh, you brought it home. You did a good thing before you maybe died. Who knows? We don't know. Uh, <laughs> and we'll never hear from you again. <laughs> I was just laughing that uh, I, that Tico ended up helping to save the world. Who knew? Who he knew? Uh, so that was that was refreshing to see. Rebecca, uh, maybe we're to wrong about cults. <laughs> well, no, I, do, I we're definitely right about cults. No, we are definitely right about that. We're just uh, wrong about how heat vision... With the heat vision thing is very unclear. I'm not really clear about it. Because he took heat vision to the chest. He was just a human being. He had no... Yeah. He had no uh, force field belt. Uh, I, I don't necessarily know how that worked out. Uh, it so was just, anybody you know has what it was. Thoughts? You know what saved him was the power of positive thinking. <laughs> he just he just believed real hard in his cult for a little while, and that got him to that spaceship. I guess so. Uh, but yeah, I was surprised that he uh, he came back from the dead and helped save the world. Good, <laughs> good for Tico. Good for him. I feel like he um, kind of redeemed himself a little bit, a little bit from all the terrible things he's done over the course of the season. I mean, a little bit. I, I mean, think not he a realized lot, not his much. mistake. <laughs> Yeah, I think he realized that the witches were not going to let him into their group. And so he was like, well, maybe I should uh, do something else because this isn't working out for me. The witches were never going to let him sit with them. (laughs) (laughs) He was not going to get to sit at that lunch table. Uh, So, yeah, it was it was nice to see him have uh, he had kind of a a full arc this season, uh, surprisingly for a minor character. Um, and speaking of uh, characters who had big arcs, I know we kind of mentioned the rain situation, but we didn't really talk about Sam. So what did you think about uh, what Sam was up to and and uh, going back into the rain? We got a lot of time in the rainforest this week. So what did you think about what was going on with Sam? Yeah, I thought that stuff was really cool. I liked I liked I mean, we got Betty Buckley back. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, I liked that they they tied. I think that they did a really good job with the 
with the rain storyline and with Sam's storyline, I think that they sort of tied everything back together. She saw her mom again. She like faced down rain in the rainforest, essentially. <laughs> and uh, I think she like it, it, she faced her demons in a, a very, a very real and uh, not hi- like hypothetical way. Uh, and I, I liked the, I, I liked the way that they ended her storyline. I absolutely thought she was a goner. Um, throughout this whole season. So the fact that we ended the season with her alive uh, really shocked me, actually. And and in a good way, I, uh, I actually like that she made it out of the season alive. Yeah, I, th- I think they could have killed Sam uh, if it was me writing the show. And this is not because I didn't like Sam, but I <laughs> you're probably... Like, you're like, if, if it was me, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye, <laughs> Sam. You would be dead by the end of the season. Um that's maybe how I would have gone with it because I I might have wanted Sam to sacrifice herself to save the world. But I think for all that Sam and Ruby have gone through this season, maybe they deserve a happy ending. I feel like maybe that is a good way to go about it. They've been through a lot of stuff. Sam went through a lot of things. Sam had to deal with the fact that she had this dual personality that was a psychopathic, murderous Kryptonian who was killing people. Um, So it was nice that Sam was the one who got to really, I mean, she's the one who defeated Rain, essentially. Yeah. Um, Even though it kind of, I guess it made sense. This was the thing that really confused me when I was watching it. It it took me three, I'm not even kidding about this. It took me three viewings to fully understand what was happening with Supergirl, Rain, and Sam. Because I think this is what tripped me up because the rainforest looked very similar to the Fortress of Sanctuary. So I was really confused oh, yeah, about where they were. And so I was like, what, what is happening? How are they going to the Fountain of Lilith in the Fortress of Sanctuary? I feel like, so the, then, I feel like the rainforest should have had like a color scheme or something. Like they go to the rainforest and everything's like a little green or something. I don't know. Or like a, like <laughs> a sepia some, tone or something. Uh, yeah. A, a, a nice solid sepia would have helped, I think, <laughs> differentiate between where we were. I was so confused because I was like, how, how is she giving her that water from the fountain of Lilith? I don't understand. But then I started to realize Oh, Supergirl used the black kryptonite with Sam and Rain. They shocked all, all of them, and that went into the rainforest like they did that time with Brainiac 5. They all got in there. That And that actually started to make sense once I realized what was happening. I was like, oh, yeah, the rainforest is the prison that could control Rain that Rain couldn't um, get out of. So that actually made a lot of sense by that point. But I was I was really confused by that. And then I got confused about, well, how is Patricia there? And then I had to remember, oh, well, all the people who Rain had killed, I think, show up in the rainforest. Oh, that's right. You know what? I asked myself, how is Patricia there? And then I was like, you know what? Just enjoy the ride. <laughs> but <laughs> so but you're absolutely you're right because remember um when they're in the rainforest earlier with um with Julia and Grace who just immediately was like I'm dead cuz I'm evil. Um <laughs> <laughs> Julia was saying that she saw everybody that she killed. So yeah. so it does make yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, the rainforest stuff started to make sense after like viewing 3 and 4. Um <laughs> I felt a lot better about, <laughs> about that. It's it was it was pretty um high level 
uh, for, for what they were doing in this episode. I really had to concentrate on how they were transitioning in and out of the rainforest. Um, but it, it's, it made a lot more sense once I knew where they were. Um, so I yeah. thought it was uh, pr- pretty clever. I'm also kind of confused with, so was Sam Kryptonian or human or both or neither? <laughs> I, I feel okay, like so, I had some questions that I probably maybe should have been asking the whole season, but that just really <laughs> hit me in the finale where I'm like, wait, she's just a human now? But didn't didn't they put her, listen, in our favorite plot device, the pod, <laughs> like, and send her to Earth? So wouldn't she presumably have been Kryptonian when they put her in the pod? So how is she also human? Okay, here is my understanding. <laughs> this is my understanding of Sam. Uh, a baby is created by the Kryptonian witches. Uh, they they use their cauldron, their recipe thing. They have like these instructions to make a world killer. We saw that they okay. tried to make world killers with the cult. That's uh, true. So got the that. Kryptonian witches on. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, you go. Okay, so on Krypton, before the destruction of Krypton, the Kryptonian witches create a little baby world killer, (laughs) which sounds adorable, (laughs) but it's not. Uh, So they create this baby world killer. They ship it off from Krypton to Earth. Sam lands uh, at Patricia's house, I guess. Uh, Sam grows up. She looks like us, but she is Kryptonian. And then she has this, at some point, rain kicks in uh i forget how i don't know if they explained it but at some point rain starts taking over her brain like she has those those blackouts and she goes into the rainforest all that jazz well i think what happened was at some point lena and her high level sciencey stuff is able to and i guess with the black kryptonite uh able to change sam's dna i think they mentioned it several times yeah, they definitely mentioned some, some DNA stuff, and I was like, cool, science. But I never understood <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, so I think what they ended up doing was they changed her Kryptonian DNA to regular human DNA because n- since Rain was not a part of her anymore, somehow they were able to, which is, I don't know if you can actually, I mean, it's comic book logic. I don't know if you could actually do that. But uh, now I guess she is fully human because she doesn't have that part of her DNA anymore. But she at one point, I think, was a baby world killer from Krypton. Okay. Does that make sense? That does make more sense to me than like when I started thinking about it and getting confused. That it makes a lot of sense. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't know that I fully understand it either. uh, But that's where I'm going at this point. Uh, so yeah, if anybody has any other thoughts about that, uh, let us know. Um, let's see, we talked a little bit about rain and the rainforest. We talked about, uh, Kara and the time travel. What are we missing here? Okay. So, uh, let's talk about, um, Alex a little bit since that ties into the Ruby storyline. Um, and we saw that Ruby and Sam are going to have this happy ending and Ruby, I guess, is out of Alex's life now. So, uh, the, the thinking that we kind of were going with this season was that Alex was going to adopt Ruby. That's not the case anymore. So I I guess she's going to have to go back onto the, uh, kid finder (laughs) website and, uh, keep digging. (laughs) Um, 
So, uh, Morgan, what do you think about Alex and where she is at this point uh, uh, after this episode? Yeah, I mean, I really, I really want somebody to sit Alex down and like look at her in her beautiful face and be like, "You're, you're like thirty years old. Why don't you date? Like just a little bit. Like just date and like chill out a little." She's just so like laser focused on the motherhood thing which i understand to a point but it's just like you you just got out of a very serious relationship maybe instead of going on uh kidfinder.com and 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 finding uh like an adoption agency maybe you should just like go on a vacation or like uh, eat, eat, pray, love around the world or something. Like, take, like Alex, have you ever thought about taking some time for Alex? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if she's going to have that kind of time because she got a promotion. She is not at her anymore. Job. <laughs> yeah. So um, what do you what do you think about director Danvers? I thought that was pretty cool. I, I'm I'm so curious about what John is going to be up to next season besides like walking around in a cool hat, which I'm into and I love. <laughs> uh, but like, like what does, when he said that he learned, wanted to learn from his father and like walk among humanity, I thought that that was like a metaphor for something, but it seems like he was being like real literal. He's just going to walk around people. <laughs> that's that makes, his, that makes that's me think. Jam now, that's his thing. <laughs> it makes me think of uh, Pulp Fiction, which is an R-rated movie for our younger listeners. So wait till you're of age to watch it. Uh, but he says, one of the characters says something like, uh, you're going to walk the earth? What do you mean walk the earth? Uh, it's one of my favorite movie lines ever. <laughs> so I think Jean is going to just walk the earth now, I guess. <laughs> Um, one of the Rachels but, in the chat pointed out that he that John, in fact, is going to eat do his eat, pray, love trip around the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone should. Someone really should. Um, well, what I think is going to happen because because of that hat he put on, it looked like uh, so in some of the animated stuff, the DC animated things, and I, I th- he may do this in the comics. I, I'm not as familiar with Martian Manhunter comics, but Jean is sometimes John Jones, uh, a detective. So I'm wondering if he will, and, and that hat, he sometimes will wear a hat like that when he is Detective John Jones. So I'm wondering if he will become a detective uh, when he's not at the DEO, and that will be part of his new uh, career path. Maybe he'll pursue that. Maybe he'll live as John Jones. Uh, so we'll have, we'll have to see what happens. But that's kind of where I was thinking that that would go. That would be cool. I, I would be interested to see. I'm just I'm just mostly curious to see what they're going to do with him next season. I can't imagine a DEO without John as the director. All right. So I like director Danvers. Um, although I think that would have worked better for uh, like a series endpoint for Alex. I yeah. If, again, if it was the Rebecca Johnson Supergirl show, that would be how Alex's character arc finishes. Like when the seat when the series ends, she would become director. That's how I would have done it. Um, but I can see why they would do it now because of her desire to have children and all of that kind of thing. That makes a lot of sense. But Morgan, I was so upset because I was thinking this would have been the perfect setup 
for director bones i know i thought that exact thing too like what if he like took her hand and he was like i'm stepping down as director and then out of the shadows comes director <laughs> bones <laughs> Oh my gosh, I would have flipped a out. <laughs> Just a skeleton. I would oh my have, gosh. I would have been like, you know what? I have no complaints about this season. Everything's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how you know they stuck the landing, is they had a cliffhanger of Director Bones coming out of the shadow. Yeah, I really wish that. I mean, I don't want to be one of those people who makes a review about something about what they wanted to happen and not actually what happened. But cheese, that would have been awesome. Oh man, um, that would. But so I get, good. and I thought about that too. Actually, I thought like, when are we ever getting director Bones? Because to me, that would have been really cool. Because director Bones could have come in. Maybe he would have been. May, maybe they could have played him as a villain. Maybe he was doing shady things with the DEO. Maybe he took him down a bad path, and then at the end of the season, Alex like takes over, like has a mutiny kind of a situation, and takes over and gets rid of director Bones. I don't know. Yeah, I could That's see that. The, well, I, I also think that they don't explore the fact that the DEO is like a shady government agency enough. Like, yeah, sure, we're all cool with it because like Alex and John are the best people ever. But like, what if you put that that shady government agency in the, the wrong hands? Like, say, skeleton hands. <laughs> cyanide <laughs> touches. Um, oh, no, yes, that's yeah. right. The cyanide. The cyanide sweat, I believe, is technically what it is. Uh, that could have been really interesting. So I don't know. As long as the DEO is still around, I still have hope for Director Bones. Maybe it will happen one day. Uh, we can't they, give up. Mr. <laughs> can't give up. Can't give up on that or Snapper Snapping. I was about to say, um, oh, if we never gave up on Snapper, we're not giving up on Director Bones. <laughs> I mean, if Supergirl has taught us anything, it is to be hopeful. Be hopeful about what you care about. Um, so uh, we've hit a little bit on Alex. Um, let's talk a little bit about James. James had a little bit of a story arc in this episode, kind of a conclusion to some stuff that he's been dealing with this season. So what did you think about Guardian taking out off his mask and, and pulling an Iron Man and saying, you know, I am Guardian to some uh, nameless, faceless person on the other end of a, a phone call? Uh, what did you think about him outing himself like that? Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I think that's going to lead to some interesting stuff for James next season, hopefully, because he'll be the first superhero that's just like has his identity out there. And he's like a pretty high profile person because he's running CatCo uh, and living there. Although his I mean, his home really got got messed up in this episode. There was a moment yeah. where James is like running through the office as Guardian. So Honestly, that that ship was going to sail pretty soon anyway. But (laughs) (laughs) do you think the CatCo employees are like, wow, Guardian always gets here so fast? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure they have their I mean, if they have news reporters, surely somebody's asking questions. That's true. I hope so. But there was like a moment where he like ran past his office and like looked in sadly at like all the destruction. And I thought, oh, no, his home. (laughs) <laughs> he's like i'm yeah, gonna have, he to, have to rebuild desk. <laughs> yeah he's gonna have to rebuild and start over uh yeah catco i think at this point in the show's run i think i would quit my job at catco <laughs> i think i would yeah. find somewhere else to work uh yeah i, I don't a great i don't place think to be 
it's not a great place to be when there's a, a disaster happening because it does seem like it's the like it's the first place that gets destroyed always. <laughs> Yeah, and they have significant damage, uh, significant. So, uh, yeah, I I would, I mean, CatCo seems like a cool job, but I don't know if it's worth it. I don't but know is if it's it, worth it. Or, you know, you you just take off like the month of May, maybe maybe one year <laughs> the month of June, and you're just like, you know what? I'm getting out of here. I'm going to be, I'm going to go to a beach somewhere. I'm going to sip a drink. I'm going to come back, and then I'm going to rebuild my desk. that's true you could just avoid all of that um and you would be fine that seems like a reasonable plan just save up all your pto days take off the month of may slash june you'd be you'd be all good (laughs) you're like for some reason it always seems to happen in the in the spring and the summer so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna get out of national city it seems like the smartest choice Although I don't know if you could have really avoided it this time around because this was like worldwide catastrophes, tsunamis, earthquakes, uh, the core of the earth <laughs> being, being split <laughs> apart. Uh, so maybe you wouldn't, you definitely not want to go to Madagascar, although Superman apparently showed up and saved the day off screen. Uh, so good for him. Uh, I did appreciate sure that, that they at least mentioned him briefly, like as a person who exists in this universe and would also maybe help out. Yeah, and they did show his his image on the news, so they covered it. Uh, so we at least know that uh, somebody was helping out on the other side of the world. So that's good. Um, and speaking out, uh, speaking about uh, someone who was helping out, doing some things uh, to uh, correct what was going on. When was hanging out in the DEO, and he uh, learns about his future and the fact that this design that he has uh, created to help out with the non-lethal situation for the DEO, it has become very important in the future. Uh, so Morgan, what did you think about I know we talked a little bit about Jeremy Jordan uh, not being a series regular next season. Uh, so we kind of got an, I mean, we got an explanation for why that is. So what did you think about his decision to join the Legion of Superheroes and go to the future? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I liked it. I thought sort of made sense uh i i feel like there is how else there would be limited ways to write off win because he's even though they haven't given him a lot of like storylines or um story time he has become sort of the um exposition and and or and overall whatever you need at that moment character on the show so it wouldn't make sense a lot of sense for him to just up and leave the DEO and they hadn't really besides the uh, the death in the last episode they hadn't really established any like storyline about when leaving so it, it was a way I think to write him off that made sense and also opens the door to having him back on um, and having him kind of maybe pop in and out um, of the show without you know having to I don't know write him off in a more final way yeah, I uh, I thought that they did a little bit of setup. It wasn't a huge bit of setup, but back in the episode uh, called Of Two Minds, when he, he kind of wonders if he's going to be 
if he if he could be the next Steve Jobs or if he could make a rocket for NASA or build transportation to another planet, he has all these big dreams that he would want for himself. And so it was it was nice that he as a character gets to explore some of that. So maybe that was what they were they were setting that up in that episode to get him to this point to where he can actually achieve those dreams. So I did I did like that um they had they had previously shown Brainy sort of downplaying his intelligence and calling, you know, calling him a, I forget what level intellect he was. It was not very high up on the scale. It was not uh, a 12th Bra- level. It was not 12th level. Uh, so he, you know, uh, Wynn didn't feel like he, uh, I, I think Brainy made him feel like he wasn't smart enough or he wasn't uh, skilled enough. So this was a nice payoff to that, that Brainy actually respected him enough to say, hey, Wynn, I'm coming back to your time to get you to help and uh, help us out and replace me because I think you can do this job because we know in the future you make an impact. So I I really liked that from a character standpoint that they did seem to set a little bit of that up and then pay it off. So um, another one of the surprising arcs that I think was pretty successful. Yeah, I agree. It, It was, it was almost, I mean, it was basically the show being like, yes, we are just switching them one to one. (laughs) brainy is what they did win now get used to it (laughs) yeah so uh that'll be an interesting dynamic moving forward because uh win's got a learning curve and brainy i'm sure will have a learning curve with the deo um so that should be pretty exciting um and speaking of the legion of superheroes uh, I really want your thoughts on this, Morgan, because this is another aspect of the episode that I was pretty confused on. So the love triangle between Kara, Monel, and Emra seemed to have a really heavy part in the second half of the season. What did you think about how that concluded? You know what? I appreciate th- I appreciate it that Emra chose herself, and Kara also <laughs> chose herself. And Monel also chose himself. Everybody, That's true. everybody was like, you know what? I choose me, uh, which is not, <laughs> which is not usually the way that love triangles resolve. And in that way, and in only that way, I appreciated it. Like I could have done without that love triangle um, in so many ways, so hard this season. And yet the ending, which is like Imra was like, yeah, I'm out of this. And Monel was like, well, we had a good run. And then they like high fived. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then Monel and Cara had a, like, a, a, like a nice scene where he says like he's going back to the future and she's staying there. But it, it didn't even read as very romantic to me. Like there's no like last goodbye kiss or a hug or anything. They were just like, all right, well, good seeing you. Of course, he didn't give her back her necklace. So still Monel. <gasps> he did. At the end of the day, still Monel. <laughs> Well, give, all right. So technically, I give her Cara- back her necklace at the <laughs> at the TV screen um, because that's the kind of person I am. <laughs> well, technically, Kara gave it to him. That's true. So, that's true. And her, and then you know he, what? it doesn't make me as mad anymore because her mom is alive. Like it, it, true. it really bummed me out when her mom was dead, and that was like the only thing she had of her. And he was like, yeah. eh, I'll, "I'll give it back someday." Well, and maybe it's a fair trade because it seemed like he gave her his Legion ring. 
So yeah, him giving her the Legion ring was a really cool moment. I I really like that because I know that like Supergirl is a member of the Legion in some different incarnations. So I thought it was really neat that she got the ring. Yeah, I guess she's an official Legionnaire now, which is awesome. That was a, that was a pretty cool moment for me because I've I've been reading um, some old Supergirl in uh, the Legion comics, so it's it's it was a real treat to see that she got to have her own ring. Um, so I wonder now with all the timey-wimey stuff that has happened on the show, we saw that Legion ring in the Fortress of Solitude. I'm guessing that was Clark's, but could it somehow be her? No, I'm thinking about that too hard. Could that <laughs> somehow be hers now? I don't know. Uh, I don't I don't want to think about that because that would break my brain a little bit. But I Ooh, the, the yeah. love triangle thing, I was just really confused because I was like, so are Emma and mon done? Are they getting that space divorce that we've talked about? Uh, oh, yeah, I, I 100% happening. think that they got that space divorce, which I think, okay. like, I, I appreciate it because I suspected that if Monel was uh, heading back out into the future, that he would get back together with Imra, which after everything that we've seen, I felt like would be kind of a disservice to Imra, who seems like real cool uh, and doesn't really deserve somebody who is like... I'm not super into this marriage. Like, let me just take a, a, a like a adultery walkabout and then come back and see how I feel. So I, I kind of appreciated that Imra didn't just take Monel back and was like, you know what? Like, we tried. It's not working. Yeah, I, I don't know. They didn't mention the United Planets, so I was like, that's kind of a big deal. Uh, so what are the <laughs> ramifications well, of your divorce? Yeah, I, I am I am curious about that. Although maybe people aren't as uh aren't as stressed now that pestilence uh didn't kill a whole bunch of people. I mean we really don't I'm very curious about how much we'll know about the future because it seems like they changed a lot of stuff, um, but now some other stuff is wrong, so that's not good either. Well, and also how did Kara time traveling Change, did did it change anything other than the rain stuff? I don't yeah, know. I, well, I there's, mean, there's it, a lot of time kinda, travel. It kind of did, uh, based on the last scene of the episode. This is this is true. <laughs> um, Rachel and one of the Rachels in the tr- the chat says that the Legion ring was not the same ring, I guess, as Monel's. Um, so maybe maybe they made a Legion ring really quickly, and he took it oh, off his yeah, finger and p- threw it to her. Um, that's kind so of what I. Oh, ma- did he take it off his finger? He took it, he had it on his finger and he took it off and he threw it to her. Oh. So I, I assumed I it was his. Yeah. She's going to have to get that resized, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to fall right off her, her hand. Yeah. So I was really com- kind of confused about that. And I, I don't know. It was just kind of weird the way they left the love triangle. I thought it was kind of strange. I'm, I'm glad they seemed to end it. But now I'm like, what was the point of it? I mean, there was no point. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the the point. You know, know what the point was? It was just to really aggravate the two of us. I think, I, and I th- also I a lot so. of people I watching. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Maybe it was a way to get Kara to the point where if she reconnected with Monel, she wouldn't get back together. Maybe that was the whole point: is that they wanted to bring him back and have him be alive. But if they reintroduced him in her presence they would have to address the fact that Kara still had feelings for him. So maybe maybe it was something they felt like they had to do, but in terms of where I they feel ended like, the season, I don't think that it was really, it had a point. 
I feel like we could have gotten to that same place without the love triangle being so prominent and explicit. Like, I feel like we could have gotten to the same place where, like, Kara and Monel like had realized that they still had some lingering feelings, but decided to just be friends without there being so much love triangle in the back half of the season. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I guess uh, they felt like they wanted to honor that relationship between Car and Monel. And I respect that from a writing standpoint, you want to treat those relationships very seriously and, and honor what they've been through. So, um, even though I kind of thought it was a little pointless, uh, at, at least they <laughs> did that. And um, Rachel in the chat says, uh, clarifying the comment about the ring, the the fortress ring and the one Monel had are different. Yes. So I do remember Rachel sent an email about that, uh, that they do look different from the one in the fortress. So I guess the one in the fortress is Clark's. Maybe they made a different one for him. Uh, so lots of Legion rings now uh, on the show. Everybody's got one. I feel like I need I'm, I want a Legion ring. Yeah, I want a Legion just, ring. Like, giving out Legion rings. I um, mean, if you're nilly. just giving them to everybody, then like, why not Supergirl Radio? <laughs> I feel <laughs> like we've earned a Legion ring this season. We uh, really so, have. Uh, <laughs> although I wouldn't, I wouldn't use it except for maybe to fly. And I think that there, there's a force field uh, thing for when you go to space, you could fly in space. Uh, so that would be cool. I would, I would use it for that. Uh, but I, I don't think I would time travel with it. Um, or if I did, I would go into a certain point. I don't know. I, I, I'm really weary about time travel. I'm talking about this like this is a real option for me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I you can actually to- time travel. The important thing, Rebecca, is to be prepared at all times. <laughs> um, yes. So uh, we'll we'll have to think about that just just in case that it is ever presented to us. Um, and so we mentioned the cliffhanger at the very end of the episode. We have a really nice Kara and Alex uh, Danvers sisters couch scene, which was I, I felt like missing for uh, a good chunk of the season. It was nice to end the season on that. But then right after that, we get this cliffhanger in the uh, at the Siberian border. Uh, Morgan, what are your thoughts on uh, where that might take us in season four? Oh, boy. I don't know. Um, and I was really... <laughs> I was surprised and, like, really excited that there's... I guess in season four, we might have a, a dark... Supergirl, you might have like maybe a little bit of an evil Supergirl. Um, so that's interesting. I know that there's definitely some like comic stuff that I don't, I'm not well versed enough in uh, that maybe you know. Um, but I was, I was excited by the cliffhanger. I thought it was a good one, and it's a really cool. Um, it seems like it opens a lot of doors for next season, and and it seems like it'll be a very Kara Supergirl focused story, which I feel like at parts in this season, and we've talked about this, that it didn't, it kind of didn't feel like it was even her show anymore. Uh, so definitely having maybe a villain that is also a Supergirl is, I mean, is definitely a way to put Supergirl front and center. Yeah, I agree. The only thing I don't like about it is that we're going into the fourth season now of Kara going up against a Kryptonian. Uh, even <laughs> though in, in in season two, she went up against the Daxmites, but they have a lot of the same powers. So it's kind of the same thing. So I'm like, oh, man, another one of these seasons. Haven't we done this before? Um, so I was a little disappointed that we weren't exploring new ground. 
Um, but you're right. The uh, the executive producers, of course, as the CW does, they came out after the episode <laughs> aired and, and said, here is what we're thinking of doing. Um, so if you're interested in that, Rebecca, um, they it could did, have been before the episode aired. So like, just let's count our blessings. Count your blessings. Um, they did mention Superman Red Sun as a uh, as an influence for where they want to take that uh, character who showed up um, in the, the 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 at the Siberian border. They kind of are thinking about maybe Im- implementing some of the ideas in that story, which basically, if you've never read it, Superman Red Sun is is like an Elseworld story that. Um, is wondering about the idea of what if Clark Kent grew up in uh, the Soviet Union in the 1950s? What kind of Superman would he be if that was where he grew up? How would the uh, nurture part of that affect him? Uh, so I think they may explore some of that. We might get a, a Russian Supergirl of sorts, uh, possibly. Um, I also, my initial uh, instinct was because of the use of the black kryptonite, with Supergirl and how that seemed to split super like it came out of like Supergirl and Sam and Rain were all touching that black kryptonite and the black smoke came out of that um there is a, a trade pa- paperback called Supergirl Power we did an episode about that on uh Supergirl Radio so you can go find that in season 0 if you want to listen to Teresa Jacino and I talk about that there is an instance in that story where black kryptonite creates dark Supergirl. So you then have Supergirl Mm. versus dark Supergirl. So that was my initial instinct was because of the use of the black kryptonite that they were creating a dark Supergirl. So they might, they might kind of mix some of those things. They even, I, I felt like the, uh, the image of her showing up in the snow, with those soldiers, it felt very much like the New 52, the way they introduced Kara in that story. And they even have, like, she shows up um, on the, the Siberian border in that story. So I think it, it's sort of a mix of, like, the New 52 and Supergirl Power and Superman Red Sun. So I think there's a little bit uh, of a mix there. I don't know. Maybe we should read Superman Red Sun. Maybe. For, uh, the summer hiatus, if you'd that be into could be that. A, it's a pretty a good summer story. summer hiatus. Yeah, yeah, we we could do that. Um, it's it's something that I've read before, but it was like a long time ago, like probably like ten years ago. So uh, I could use a refresher course on that myself. So uh, yeah, I, I I'm glad for no pod cliffhanger. Really <laughs> glad for that. I was worried, uh, but we did get another uh, evil Kryptonian. So hopefully yeah. they'll take us to some new places. Yeah, I was a little disappointed about that one aspect because I, I think that uh, a season four where at least part of it where, you know, maybe the main villain is also Kara it is like going to be a lot of great Melissa Benoist stuff, which I I will adore. But yeah, it's I mean, that's a super valid point. Wow, we've had a lot of Kryptonian villains, just almost <laughs> all. Um, it yeah. would be great to branch out like just a little bit, maybe like spread our wings, see what else we can do. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think the, the upside to that is we'll get more Melissa Benoist and that's always a good thing. We'll, we'll get some good stuff out of that. So she, and she, she did, plays she a did good really baddie. great. I was about to say she did great in the crossover as like the evil Supergirl. Yeah, I think I think we'll get some good stuff with her next season. So that's the upside to it that I'm looking forward to is that uh, we'll get more 
uh, Kara and looking inward to herself, she'll probably compare, be comparing herself to this other Kara. So that, that could give us a lot of, I think one of the things that we didn't like about the season was that we didn't get a lot of Kara's perspective. So maybe next season with her having to face off someone who looks exactly like her, <laughs> that could give us some really <laughs> good stuff with Kara. So that could be um, really interesting. So um, in terms of the season finale as a whole, I think we tried to cover everything. Uh, I, I don't want us to run too, too long because uh, we could probably talk about this for a long time because there was so much in this episode. Uh, but uh, Morgan, what are your thoughts overall? How, how did you feel about this as a finale? Uh, I liked the finale overall. I thought it was a, a little, maybe a little bit overpacked, um, but I think it really did the job well. I, I the the time travel stuff did make my head hurt a little bit, um, but it usually does, and I'm used to it from Legends uh, and also <laughs> the Flash. If we're being honest, um, yeah, yeah, I don't want to see them fall back on that but i think if for maybe like a one-time thing sure have it um i like i think th- i like that the way a lot of the arcs came full circle and really felt like they had been brought through the season in a nice way um particularly with sam and rain and i think that they did a really great job with that character and i love the actress odette and i i I kind of wish that she was sticking around for next season i know that there wouldn't really be much maybe for her to do but uh i I thought the actress was so great and uh and the sam character really worked well in the in the supergirl universe so i was i was sad to see her go but also happy with the way that her character had like a, a, a nice full arc and i think that Kara, even though we did lose her a little bit in the season, I think ultimately they did kind of bring it back to her having to make a choice about how she wants to how she wants to fight and how she wants to basically not make a like a cold Kryptonian decision, but make a decision as like Kara Danvers would and try to save the situation as best she could. And I think that that was. You know, they they did fall down on the theme of the identity theme a little bit this season, but I think that they they did enough in the finale to sort of redeem it. Yeah, I would agree. I think there were some things that they did really well in terms of thematic elements, uh, narratively speaking. In the season, they they hit on the identity aspects with uh, a lot of the characters, um, and they also hit pretty hard on the idea of home. Uh, there was even a lot of that in this episode, in the season three finale. So I think they had some big ideas, some good ideas, and sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But I think, uh, they, they, for the most part, I think this they stuck the landing. Um, I did like the uh, Ruby Sam Rain stuff. I thought that was probably the the strongest part of uh, the season, probably, and I think they did a good job in the finale to pay that off. So I was glad to see that. Um, they handled the Jean Marin stuff pretty well. Um, the only thing I didn't like, uh, the thing that kind of stuck with me is, um, and this is probably my bias coming out, but I'm a huge fan of Man of Steel, the uh, Zack Snyder movie with Henry Cavill. And I kind of felt like Supergirl, the show, was trying to make itself look better 
than that movie um, where they kind of set Kara up in the same situation where, you know, there was no prison to contain rain. There was, you know, there were, there were no options. Like they set it up to where Kara had no other option and maybe she had to kill rain. Um, And it kind of bothered me on that, that level. Cause I was like, ah, you know, maybe don't take pot shots at one of my favorite <laughs> movies. Uh, that, that kind of doesn't sit well with me, but I, I guess I can see that the, interpretation, but what, what did make me like side eye it a little bit. And I feel like, again, this is Supergirl sort of MO, which is that they have a good idea or like a good message but they just don't always have the follow through is that like they basically killed rain anyway. So that's true. Well, like, technically Kara like, didn't gonna, do she's it. She's like, I'm not going to kill, but I'm like deaf, but you're like definitely going to die, dude. Like, <laughs> does it, I mean, does it matter if she kills her by, th- I mean, it does apparently with her heat vision, but it, it just seemed like, I mean, potato, potato kind of. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Did she die or did like these phantom, <laughs> like these black robed phantoms just cart her off somewhere else? Like did they just come and pick her up and take her somewhere? I don't that's know. A, that's a good question. That's a good, maybe she didn't die. Maybe she just disappeared into smoke and like now she's on a, a, a vac- beach vacation somewhere <laughs> with her. Maybe, maybe. Scary golems uh, what are they what are those things in uh in harry potter that suck out your soul that's what they look like oh dementors dementors, yeah. dementors. Yes. yeah everybody in the deo was eating chocolate to avoid uh the dementor <laughs> situation uh yeah i don't i mean i could see it that way too could it just it didn't feel right to me but uh and especially with the use of time travel i was like oh come on that's that's a little lazy it's a little lazy <laughs> But that's, I did that's think cheating. that they, that's cheating a little bit. Uh, in Man of Steel, that really wasn't an option. Um, but I did think there were some really strong character moments in this finale. I do think that they um, hit a lot of the themes uh, there. And I did like uh, how they ended some of these character arcs. And I think there are some good setups for season four. So um, while I did have some issues with parts of the episode, I thought uh, other parts were really moving, like the Jean uh, Marin scene. I, I was very moved by their goodbye. Um, and so I'm excited to see how that affects, uh, particularly John moving forward to see what's going on with him. I think that's one of the most anticipated things for me in season four is just to see what he's going to be up to. So um, not my favorite finale so far, but uh, but I did think there were some really cool aspects to it. So um, since we've got a little bit of time, I guess we could hit some tweets really quickly. And um, if there are some things in the chat we want to read, but um, uh, I know a lot of people sent some emails Uh, I think what we're going to do is we're going to post the emails to the website so that we can still get them out there for everybody to see. We just don't have a lot of time uh, on this live broadcast to hit them. But uh, Morgan, let's hit some tweets really quickly, if you don't mind. Sure, let's do it. Um, At Mark HBPWM said, I love the mention of evil Brainiac. John putting on his Silver Age fedora and referencing uh, and referring to himself as Manhunter. All the family stuff at the end, the Supergirl setup, and the Danvers sisters downing pizza. Odette was great, but was Catco getting destroyed in that one scene? That uh, yeah, it always is. <laughs> uh, just just assume Catco is always in the process of getting destroyed. Um, yeah. 
at SL Fricky said, doesn't that still count as killing rain? And if not, is it really more humane? I wonder what other childish doodles can change the world. Quick, to the daycare centers. Uh, does helping the heroes update Coville uh, to Coolville? And what devilry is this? Yeah, I don't know. What devilry? Him- <laughs> we, could, we could start calling him Coolville. Yeah, T. Coolville uh, now. T. Coolville. I, I like that. And yeah, I think the What Devilry Is This was a line from Vita, who is our favorite member of the Kryptonian Witch clan. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I will say one of the things I did like about the fight in the Fortress of Sanctuary is that Allura got to fight Vita, which we kind of made, uh, we, uh, we, we laughed at the fact that Allura was really harping on Vita. And so I, or no, no, Allura fought, no, Vita got taken down really easily by by Martian Manhunter. But what I liked was Allura fighting Selena. That's what I meant to say. Yes. Because Allura and Selena had that really tense situation on Krypton when they had, or no, it was through the, I'm getting so many things confused (laughs) because my brain is like trying to remember all of the stuff that happened in the last couple episodes. But I remember that, that really great scene that I loved where Allura and Selena had like ideological differences. And I remember thinking, and I think I said it on Supergirl radio, like, are they going to fight? And they did. And they did. did I did like that. So I liked that we got to see Vita get taken down really easily because she's kind of the dumb one. And I liked that Alora got to fight Selena. <laughs> um, at right, KR Dragon said, it seems... Sure. Uh, at KR Dragon says, it seems James is copying Tony Stark's move at the end of Iron Man, where he reveals his secret identity. Um, at Luthvers says, best finale Supergirl ever had. All the setups from the season got their payoff. Kara's conclusion fits perfectly with the theme of moving on and looking towards the future that's been happening. And the best part of uh, of it all, Sam survived and is 100% human again. Um, at Brooklyn underscore Biker, rewatched seasons one and two finales and both were so much better. It felt like they were rushing through the fight to cram everything in. Also, the time travel is lame. Uh, in parentheses, just ask Barry. The show didn't feel like Supergirl till after the fight, and they were doing the character moments. Um, at oh boy, uh, Frack Tall Inverter, boy, that's yeah, just, probably uh, not it. Get it out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, you nailed it. Thank you. Uh, I loved it. It was a great episode that sets a good foundation for a Supergirl-centric next season. Phasing out some of the other heroes from their fighting roles with a respectful goodbye was a good choice and will generate a better balanced team. Um, At Madtown Davidson said, I am also not completely sure I understand what happened when Kara somehow time-traveled and used the Black Kryptonite. Did she split herself? Still, I'm really happy we ended the season with the Danvers sisters together on the couch. Yeah, I think um, she did split part of herself. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Um, at Hab, uh, uh, Hadaz B05 La La La, amazing season. It's sad to lose win. I think Monel will be back. Can't wait for season four. Um, at Patty Mello 20 said, Oh my God, I had major Smallville season seven deja vu with the final minutes of this finale. I mean, a being that came out of a rock made of smoke and look exactly like the main character. Is this a phantom or what? Hmm. It's a good, a good comparison. 
Um, and at Stinko407 said, Melissa is the best supporting actress on TV. I was fully expecting Supergirl to wreck Rain, but no, Supergirl gets placed in a chokehold. Disappointed. Um, and then at Jesso13 said, I like this finale a lot. So glad Sam didn't die. Sad to see Wynn go, but a cool way to send him off. Would have liked to see Saturn Girl more, though. I'm really looking forward to next season and hope we actually get more Kara than Supergirl in some ways. And then our final tweet is from Randy S. 0725 who said Supergirl season 3 finale was amazing a huge shift in status quo lots of interesting potential for what comes next and all of it sounds very exciting and fun I'm so eager to see what's next all right and so that's the end of our tweets Uh, we have a voicemail from Mauricio who has been so faithful in calling in and and uh, let us uh, have some voicemails this season so thank you for that Mauricio Um, so if uh, if you can hang tight with me I'm going to see if we can play his voicemail because I got so many buttons and so many sound effects. So let's, uh, let's hear what Mauricio had to say. Hey guys, Mauricio here again, here with another question. But before that, Oh man, I'm so happy with this finale. Cause unlike flash, I did not get that sense of fighting the final bad guy, but it was really great. Great payoff for all the arcs that closed up. But um, here are my two things I want to ask. One did anyone get Avengers 2 vibes? Because this felt like, instead of a self-contained season, it felt like it was setting top points for season four, like the Martian thing with John Zad and him, and Wynn and Monel going to the season. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be season four stuff. But yeah, I just want to know if you got that vibe, because it felt like a setup for future seasons than its own self-contained thing. And my second question is, um, I don't know if that was an arc for an evil Russian spirit girl, but we just have Power Girl, and I don't know what I feel about having an entire season for an evil Kara. So just tell me your thoughts about that. And P.S. I saw your gif on Twitter of Star Wars Rebels. Did you guys watch those shows, and did you see the finale? I'm just kind of curious. Bye. Have a nice day. And see you next week. Or six months or so. Bye. Um, yeah, so uh, Mauricio had a lot there in his voicemail, so we're going to try to uh, get uh, to all of that. So uh, he asked about Star Wars Rebels. Uh, that was a reference to a tweet that I did when I was live tweeting. Uh, it was just a gif that I was using. But I do, uh, I have seen some Star Wars Rebels, so uh, yes, I would uh, say yes to that. Uh, pretty good show. Um, uh and also, he mentioned Power Girl. We have not technically had Power Girl just yet. I do hope we get Power Girl in the future, but he may be thinking of Red K Kara or um, Bizarro uh, Supergirl. We have gotten those kind of more evil versions of Kara. Um, so so no pa- Power Girl yet, but they could play this other Kara kind of like her. Maybe they'll play it like the... Uh, the DCAU version of Power Girl, where um, she's been experimented on in the Cadmus Labs, something like that. So that that could uh, uh, be what's happening. Um, but Morian, what do you think about uh, the way the season finale sort of set up season four? Would you have rather them closed everything off and kept it more self-contained, or did you like the fact that they were setting up a whole bunch of a bunch of different storylines? I like that they set up a, a bunch of different storylines. I mean, we've and. And honestly, if they there's a storyline that you don't like that they seem like they're setting up in the finale, it's possible they'll drop it because 
it's not like that hasn't happened before. So I I find that these uh the finales when they start to set up storylines, technically that they're they're more like broad outlines paths that they might go down it doesn't mean that that's what we're going to be getting for season four um because i think we've seen in some of the other finales where they set stuff up and then immediately drop it like episode one of the next season (laughs) (laughs) that is true yeah i mean i think that's the the point of a a tv show season finale i think it's supposed to uh, sort of wrap up what they've been doing all of uh, all of the season but then also introduce elements that they could uh come back and get to if they wanted to, if they do choose to explore those <laughs> uh, situations and those character beats, they can do that. So I, I think that I think the finale did its job. Uh, it, it closed out the the storylines that we've been getting, and it set up future storylines that we will get in the future. So um, uh, there is that. Um, I think somebody mentioned. Let's see if I can find it again. Um, one of the Rachels uh, says that. Uh, uh, Mauricio might have meant Overgirl, so that could have been instead of Power Girl. He might, he might have meant uh, Overgirl, uh, which we did get. So there's been a lot of evil Supergirls. Yeah, there really have seen. So, <laughs> so we uh, we're we've kind of gone down this path before. Uh, so we'll we'll have to see what's different about what they're going to be doing here. Um, so thank you, uh, Mauricio, for your call and your voicemail and uh, letting us know some of your thoughts and asking those questions. And um, I, I keep screwing up these. Uh, I think I might have to add some padding to some of these sound effects so, <laughs> so I don't uh, end up getting this. Is, it's a live show. It, things are going to go screwy. Uh, that's the part of being live. So um, I think we're going to try to maybe um, maybe I'll kind of try to ease this uh, snap judgment stuff here because we um, we have a lot of snap judgments, Morgan. We have a lot that we need to make some snap judgments on. Um, so we will um, get to those from, yeah, lots of them uh, came in. Everybody was excited about the snap judgments. Uh, so we'll uh, get to those in a second. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. All right, Morgan, do you want to uh, get us started on these snap judgments? Sure, I sure will. And uh, for people who are in the Mixler right now, feel free to, uh, to, to answer the snap judgments yourselves. May, may, make, a, make a judgment. Yeah. Do some make snapping. It and make it snappy. Uh, okay, so our first... <laughs> so demanding. Um, our first snap judgment is from uh, Fanny, and she says, okay, there's a flea market in National City, and all the proceeds go to a charity for the children. Would you rather buy clothes worn by Lena Luther or Kryptonian clothing that Supergirl brought back from Krypton? This is a tough one. I'd, I mean, I also I love the backstory. I, I like that. Like, give me a snap <laughs> judgment that, like, takes me on a journey. <laughs> There's a lot of setup in this one. It really um, is. Yeah, we, we, we do have a good story here. Um, so for me, I don't think that I would be able to pull off the clothes that Lena Luther wears. <laughs> so this is a pretty, this is a pretty easy uh, judgment for me. I would say uh, the Kryptonian clothing that Supergirl brought back from Krypton. Now I feel that this the Lena outfits would be a better like a better value because you know that they're all high end and really nice. But also, boy, did those Kryptonian clothes look comfy! Like so flowy. <laughs> wow, it's like being at a spa. 
all the time. So I'm going Kryptonian clothes as well. <laughs> nice. Let's see. I think uh, I think we got some mixed. Uh, I think a lot of people chose the Kryptonian clothing, but there were some Alina mentions in there as well. Higher, uh, Madtown Davidson says a higher resale value for Alina's clothes. That's probably <laughs> that true. Is, that is a good point. That That is the point that I made as well. Um, <laughs> that's so funny. Okay. Um, so our next snap judgment, uh, snap judgments uh, were sent in from Gina. So our first one is Allura visiting Earth or Kara visiting Argo City. Uh I mean, we we got we got both of them. Um, yeah, this is very true. I would have wanted to see Kara more in Argo City because I, yeah. I feel like we got enough time there. So that's I definitely I don't feel like we got enough time there. And for me, the the real tragedy of the finale was that we didn't have any resolution on the gazebo. <laughs> and I, had really, I really hung so much of my hopes and dreams for the season on that gazebo and they never brought it up again. So I'm saying back to Argo City, we got to find out what's going on with the gazebo. I mean, did they fix it? That is I, the question. Is it still pointing in the wrong direction? Because that's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> is it an evil gazebo? We need I, I that. That would have been really funny. Gazebo. <laughs> What if the evil gazebo had been the big bad that they introduced in season four? I would oh my have been God, into that. Would have been amazing. And they they yeah. just like they put the gazebo into a pod and they shoot it to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> that has to be a really big pod. It's a really. Um, I mean, they had to make they had to custom make that pod, but. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, uh, um, next would, snap judgment. <laughs> uh, Christopher Reeve turning back time or Melissa Benoist turning back time that's tough because I, I didn't really yeah. like either of them um, just from uh, my, <laughs> my, my standards and the principles that I, that I uh, adhere to um, but I would probably uh, go with uh, Melissa Benoist turning back time because I thought it had an actual justification for it with the, the Legion ring so I'd probably pick that I mean, I have to go classic. I have to go Christopher Reeve turning back time because he turned back time by like just flying around the earth really fast, which I think maybe doesn't make sense. And I like it. <laughs> the, le the, the least amount of sense that it makes, the better. And, and then I'm into it. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay. Uh, Ruby hugging Lena or Supergirl hugging Wynn? Uh, Ruby hugging Lena because Lena didn't expect it. She seemed really surprised by it. I thought that was cute. Um, I'm gonna go Supergirl hugging Win because I was really, I mean, I was really sad that Win was leaving the the show. Well, air quotes leaving the show. Um, because we know he'll be back at least somewhat next season. Okay. Yeah. Biggest loss for the show: Win or Cat Grant? Ooh, ooh. Mm, uh, uh, mm. I'm gonna go. I, I'm gonna go. Cat Grant. Yeah, I feel like this is a uh, not actually a, like a hard decision for me. Even though I I did really enjoy Jeremy Jordan, I did really like Win, but yeah, it it hasn't. It's felt very different since Cat Grant has left. Yeah, I think when you remove Cat Grant from the show, it feels like a different show, and then when she comes back, it becomes a much better show. <laughs> so, yeah, I, so I, I, as much as I. As much as I also love Jeremy Jordan as Win, I think Cat Grant really that the show took a hit with that one. 
Okay, so we have a bunch of snap judgments from Danae. So, black kryptonite or red kryptonite? See, the, this this kind of question is like a like a situational question. I feel like um, <laughs> are are we affected by the black kryptonite or do we like what it does to people? Um, but I'm probably gonna go red kryptonite. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go red kryptonite too. Um, okay. Yeah, I have I have no real reason for it. No, I just, I'm I, I, I like pick. I like red better. I guess <laughs> it's more colorful. Like I just like the color. Um, yeah. Okay, <laughs> going to Argo City, but never eating pizza again, or staying on Earth and having to eat a pizza every day. This is a tough one. Ah, uh, well, I have established on Supergirl Radio that I do like pizza. <laughs> but do you like it every day but i also want to go to argo that. city that would be a lot of pizza and i don't think that's very healthy for you is that like one no. of those things like that uh super size me documentary where the guy eats <laughs> mcdonald's every day and it's like really bad for his health um i'm gonna go to argo city and never eat pizza again <gasps> I can't believe oh, that's so rough so pizza is amazing however i feel like if I have to eat it every day, I'm going to come to hate it. And I don't want to hate pizza. So I'm going to Argo City. Also, again, once again, the clothes on Argo City, so comfortable. You're just going to be <laughs> just chilling out, like long hair, flowy skirts. It's going to be great. You, you're not even going to yeah, miss I, pizza. Yeah, pe- people seem to be really stress-free in Argo City for the most part. It, it seemed to be real chill. Um, they they did have some gazebo problems, but for the most part, it seemed like a really cool place. Uh, so I did I did like that. So I like the vibe that they had on Argo City. So that that seems like a refreshing change of pace. Also, you would get to go to space. So I feel like I could give up pizza if I got to go to another planet. And, see and we don't know like what kind of great culture. food that they have on Argo City that we haven't even discovered yet. Maybe they have a food that's like pizza but better. That's true. Maybe they've improved <laughs> on the pizza pie. So they might. They've had a lot. They've had a lot of extra time on their hands, and we don't. We just don't know. I mean, Allura said that they didn't build anything, but that doesn't mean (laughs) that they don't cook things. Exactly. There is. There is that. Okay, this one's going to be, I think, maybe a little controversial for um, some people, someone in the (laughs) chat. Who Who is the better time traveler, Supergirl or the Flash? Ooh, Ooh. Ooh, that is that's cut. That's cut into the 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 heart of the matter. I think. <laughs> we, I uh, mean, we're we're getting down to it now. It's getting real now. I mean, I I feel like I got to go with the home team. I think uh, Supergirl. Supergirl at least didn't reverse <laughs> time in a way that it screwed up families. Yeah. So um, I feel like that's a point in her favor. So I'm. Definitely 100% and with confidence voting for Supergirl. She knew to, <laughs> if she's going to go back in time, just like like briefly touch the rewind button. Just don't 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 <laughs> jab it. Just like just a little tap. Just go back, fix one little thing and don't change everybody's uh don't change everybody's futures. Barry Allen is not very good at time travel. I'm going to be really uh controversial here. He's not great at it. <laughs> <laughs> he did screw up a lot of timelines. He did, um, uh, as one of the Rachels in the chat points out, that Supergirl did not create Flashpoint. So there's <laughs> another uh, point. Uh, and uh, so I, I, do, I do see a lot of people uh, voting for Supergirl. 
Uh, Madtown Davidson says, uh, neither is good at it, but the flash is terrible at it. <laughs> so there's that. Also, uh, Andy, yeah, Andy have, B from have... the flash podcast did not have uh, nice thoughts. <laughs> yeah, no, Andy was not happy. However, I agree with Jesso 1384, who said Supergirl didn't go back far enough to do much damage, which is true. She went back like 10 minutes, maybe. Uh, well, and because of our choices, Andy says that uh, you have uh, 25 <laughs> podcasts to plug next season. Well, so, you know what? Uh, I'm maybe for it to the Swamp Thing podcast. Okay, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> so Bring maybe it. like the so maybe like the time travel for Kara, we have a consequence to our decision <laughs> and our <true>. choices. <laughs> um, so okay. That. So who is Ruby's father, Maxwell Lord or Lex Luthor? I think the real answer Ooh. is we'll never find out and it doesn't matter. But this is a fun <laughs> thought experiment. <laughs> yeah, um, there are lots of lots of questions still linger on about Ruby. Is she still Kryptonian, even though her mother isn't like she could be half Kryptonian? Uh, lots of questions. Uh, so Maxwell Lord or Lex Luthor? Uh, I think Maxwell Lord probably... I think I'm going to go with Maxwell Lord. I feel like he would maybe uh, hook up with another CEO type of person because that seems to be his type because uh, he did have a past with Cat Grant. So I'm going to go Maxwell Lord. Yeah, I'm going to go Maxwell Lord just because I really miss him on the show. He was like really creepy and weaselly, but I like I liked his energy. Uh, let's bring <laughs> him back. Let's get let's get him back on the show. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's find a way to do that. OK, Um Okay, now that Jean, Maggie, Sam, Wynn, and Kara have all resolved a conflict with a long-lost parent, which character should be next? Lena finding her birth mother or Alex finding Jeremiah? <laughs> I'm sorry I couldn't get that out with a straight face. Or Alex finding <laughs> Jeremiah? <laughs> we know she's never finding Jeremiah. <laughs> she's never going to find Jeremiah. She, she doesn't even remember she's looking for him. <laughs> does she remember that she has a father i'm not sure and i think jeremiah is probably lost in the woods somewhere uh he's been camping out there for some time uh he's probably turned into some sort of jungle woods man now. dean kane has gone feral out there in the woods <laughs> <laughs> so he may not even recognize alex if she came looking for him uh i i mean I really do want Alex to find Jeremiah. That, I feel like that has to happen at some point. She found him once and then she lost him again. But I do like the idea of Lena having a story about her birth mother. I think that's what I'm going to go. That's that's the one I'm going to pick. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Lena as well. Just because, I, I mean, the longer it is that Alex uh, is looking for Jeremiah, air quotes looking, the funnier it is that she's not doing any actual looking. So, I mean, let's just let's let this ride for a couple more seasons. <laughs> but she'll get to it eventually she she's, will get I mean, there let her get got there a lot on her list so she's just working her way down i mean now that she's in a higher position at the deo maybe she could uh escalate that surge yeah that's true if she remembers she's doing it uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> our last snap judgment everyone get ready uh who will <laughs> slash would make a better director of the deo Alex Danvers or Director Bones? Ooh, <sighs> tough, one. rough one, tough one. Um, in terms of a better director, Alex Danvers would definitely be the better director of the Do. The director that I wish I could see 
would be Director Bones. But since we're going better director, oh, I hate to not pick Director Bones here. This, yeah, I feel like this is going against <laughs> I mean, everything what, that I what love. If, what if we describe the word better in a different way? <laughs> like, what if it's just better? What if it's just better for us, for our viewing? Pleasure. Oh, oh see, yeah, you could read it a little differently. Yeah, what uh, if it's in like, that case, make a better story. Hmm. Mm. See, in that case, my answer would change. I would say director bones there. But if we're ta- if we're talking about uh, skill and leadership and what would benefit the DEO most, I would go Alex Danvers. Yeah, like Alex Danvers is going to be a a good director of the DEO. Director Bones, however, is a skeleton who smokes a cigar. So I I really think we need that on the show. I mean, I think that that's what's been missing all along. (laughs) Also, and just a refresher, he used to be a supervillain. So uh, there is that part of his backstory. So um, Director Bones, you know, he's somewhat reformed. He he is a reformed (laughs) director who had a supervillain past. Also can kill people with his cyanide sweat. So uh, very (laughs) uh, dynamic character. There's a lot going on with Director Bones, and uh, maybe he'll show up at some point. All right. Well, um, I didn't really, I, I wanted to uh, have the Snap Judgment outro music going judgments. on. Judgments on your Snap Judgments. But I kind of, I feel like I failed on the uh, Snap Judgment outro music. I'm sorry about that, guys. Uh, the sound effect board, I'm not really great at it. We'll have to practice this next time. Uh, but so that is going to end our snap judgments for this episode of a Supergirl. And I think that's going to do it for all of our thoughts and feedback on, uh, battles lost in one, which was the season three finale of Supergirl. Uh, we'll do some plugs here and uh, then we'll let you guys go. Uh, if you would like to contact Supergirl radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail like Mauricio has done uh, very well this season, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify, where we also have a playlist that features some music on uh, the show. Because uh, And we also had a new uh, song that was added for the finale, so it is now there on the playlist. We are also on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. We're also available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. So if you've got some time, we encourage you to uh, give us a rating and write us a review. And big thanks to uh, the user Monet599 for writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. Very nice review. Very encouraging uh, uh, for us. And so really appreciate those kinds of reviews. Um, So definitely appreciate you writing in. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV Podcast Network. So if you also like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Titans, and classic DC TV shows, you can subscribe to DC TV Podcasts on Apple Podcasts and follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DC TV Podcasts on Facebook. Nailed it. Nailed it, Andy. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed it. Nailed it on the live the live show. Uh, sometimes live broadcasts don't go very well, uh, but you nailed it there. Um, and also, just a couple of reminders, DCTV podcast related. Uh, number one, we have a Tee Public store. 
Uh, so if you go to supergirlradio.com, there is a link at the top of the page that says T Public Store. It will take you to our store where we have all kinds of cool stuff. There's a lot of stuff that's related to this season. Uh, rain shirts. The Children of Rao has a shirt up there. So if you if you want to uh, uh, pay some respects to uh, T Coolville, I guess is what T- we're going to go with exactly. now. Exactly, T Coolville. Uh, He's got a shirt up there. We've got National City sweatshirts, DEO uh, uh, t-shirts, all kinds of stuff. There's Comicer Girl stuff up there. She makes great designs. We have a Supergirl radio. We have a couple of Supergirl radio shirts. We have, we've got a Snap Judgment shirt. We've got a literal Supergirl radio design. Um, and there's also in the store, I mean, it's not just Supergirl stuff. We've got Legends of Tomorrow. We've got Arrow. We've got The Flash. We've got classic stuff. We've got a little Krypton. We've got a little Titans. We've got everything up there. It's a great place to get some stuff for your next convention appearance or just if you want to, you know, sport your favorite uh, logo of your yeah. favorite superhero. We've got everything. I, I'm going to I'm going to be going to a San Diego Comic-Con. I need to get myself a Bebo shirt. And in fact, on our store, I can get myself like five of them. So <laughs> you want very you popular. Want your whole wardrobe to be Bebo, which I kind of do, but would be terrifying. You can do that for yourself. Whole week of Bebo. <laughs> Just one you after could. another. You absolutely could. Lots of great Bebo designs. I actually, um, you know, I don't watch the show, but I listen to the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. <laughs> and I do actually really think those Bebo designs are pretty cool. So if you're into that. And don't think I don't have a Snap Judgment shirt already and that I haven't already worn it to work one day. Uh, so that definitely happened. Um, That's and amazing. I will be wearing it uh, quite quite a bit in the future. Uh, so uh if you want to go check out our store, uh, anything you buy will uh, benefit the DCTV Podcast Network and everything that uh, ev- all the podcasts do on the network. Um, it will help support what we do. So uh, we really appreciate you guys who have already purchased stuff from the store. Uh, so thank you all for doing that. And also another DCTV Podcast reminder, we are doing a charity event for the Make-A-Wish Foundation on June 30th. It will be very similar to what we've done tonight, although... Andy B. from the Flash podcast will be running it, and he will be doing a much better job with the soundboards and all of that than I did (laughs) uh, with (laughs) this live broadcast. Uh, But now I know what I can work on. Uh, But uh, it will be kind of the same format with Mixler. Uh, We'll have a podcast every hour talking about specific shows. Supergirl Radio is at 7 p.m. Eastern will be uh, the format for that hour. Uh, we're going to be picking some Supergirl Radio Awards. Uh, this will be the third year we've done that. It'll be kind of like the Emmys a little bit. We'll be picking our favorite villains, uh, best actress, uh, best Supergirl moment. If you want to come by and give us your thoughts about what you would pick for those categories, come by in the chat and hang out with us for uh, the Supergirl Radio Hour of the charity fundraiser event. Um, you can also donate to the Make-A-Wish Foundation right now. You could do it tonight. You don't have to wait till June 30th. You can go to dctvpodcast.com slash fundraiser and donate. Anything is appreciated, even if you can only give a little bit. And Anything counts. Everything counts. Uh, we have a goal of $1,500. I think we can get there. Um, so let's raise some money because they do some great stuff for kids who have gone through a lot. So um, you can go to dctvpodcast.com slash fundraiser. It'll tell you where to donate and how you can listen. And uh, when you donate, you'll be entered into, you'll be automatically entered into a raffle to win some prizes. I've got some things that I can give away. Maybe a Sterling uh, Gates signed Supergirl comic 
I'll probably give that away. Ooh. I've got some Justice League posters that I want to give away. Uh, you know, because maybe I didn't like the Justice League movie <laughs> I was be like, that much. You're like, I really want to give them away. Like, I mean, I feel like someone else would give them a better home. Uh, but I have, <laughs> I have some posters. I have some Justice League posters. I've got a Supergirl and the Flash poster I can maybe give somebody. So if you're into getting some free stuff uh, and you want to donate to a, a worthy cause, we'll be uh, doing all of that on June 30th. So uh, you can uh, do that and come hang out with us. It's a ton of fun. And uh, in terms of personal plugs, you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. Um, I thought briefly this week, maybe maybe I'll just start posting tweets in Kryptonese. I think I'm going to maybe start what? doing that more often. So, <laughs> so that everybody's going to just have to translate everything I tweet. I'm going to tweet some outrageous things. And only a certain amount of people will know what I'm tweeting. <laughs> because not everybody's going to take the time to translate so if you want to see what that's all about maybe i'll maybe i'll do that a little more because that's kind of fun for me uh and uh you can follow me on instagram at the derby kid uh if you want to see any of the pictures that i post Uh, i've got videos over at youtube.com slash duck milk prod I am a contributor to JLU Podcast, which you can find over at jluniverse.podomatic.com. I just recorded some episodes with Sam Otten, so we're going to be talking about some Wonder Woman. He let me talk about Ludendorff uh, some more, so <laughs> that's very exciting. And uh, I just, uh, so I am a voice actress now, which is weird, because uh, I don't think I'm that great of an actress, but uh, some brave soul wanted me to come and voice a character for a podcast, a uh, storytelling podcast called The Fakest. So if you are into listening to some crazy, let me get like crazy, hilarious stories. It's got a little bit of language, uh, but it's part of the characters. So um, it's pretty funny. Uh, and uh, I make a very passionate speech at the end of the first episode where I talk about how important it is to, to tell the truth about fake news. It's a very... <laughs> Very passionate speech. Um, So if you want to hear uh, any of my acting pursuits, uh, you can check that out. Definitely go check out The Fakest. It's a pretty well-written and uh, lots of funny scripts. So I highly recommend it. Yeah, and Rebecca is being modest because she is she is fantastic in that podcast. I've I've listened to half of the first episode and it's very funny. And also, Rebecca, you do a really funny job. Well, I, I appreciate it. I think I didn't really, for that character, I, f- <laughs> I feel like one of those uh, hoity-toity actresses now. Like, I didn't really find the character until episode two. <laughs> I was about I've, to say, dis- did you not really find the character? Did the character find you? <laughs> I mean, the character was written for me because it's sort of based <laughs> on me, uh, which is weird. And uh, uh, I'm not really stretching any acting muscles, but... Uh, if you listen to what I'm doing, you might be able to figure out the, the acting choice that I made for this particular character. You might hear it in the, in the way she talks. So that could be a little Easter egg if you want to listen to that. From episode one to two, there might be a little change in the way I play it. Um, but uh, so that's that's been kind of fun for me and doing a little voice acting. Uh, that's probably the only acting I would be able to do. <laughs> so, uh, but that's but that's been really fun. So I highly recommend it because I mean the episodes coming up. You you guys haven't even heard the best parts yet. Uh, so check out the fakest if you got some time. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram um, 
at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. And I actually just had a um, an article come out about Supergirl on fandom about how season four really needs to refocus on the Danvers sisters relationship and put that at the center of the show again. Uh, I've got I've been getting a lot of nice feedback on on Twitter and Facebook and the like. Uh, you I think you can find it on you can definitely find it on my Twitter. I think you can also find it on the Supergirl radio Twitter. And also, you know, if you just go to the fandom website, you can find that article. Um, you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Um, you don't even have to watch the show. You can just listen. Um, but if you do watch the show and you have some some questions that you want us to answer or things that you want us to uh, to talk about, we are planning on recording our listener, not our listener feedback episode. We're planning on recording an episode this week um, where we're going to be tackling some what we like to call question corners, uh, which are just uh, random questions that we sometimes get about the show. Um, and also sometimes just like sort of what do you think questions. So if you uh, if you want to send those in, I would recommend sending them in uh, pretty soon uh, because we're going to be recording soon and uh, we should have that episode up pretty shortly. I am so excited. That's like mandatory listening for me. The Legends of Tomorrow podcast, when a new episode comes up, I'm like, yep, that, that that moves to the top of my queue. So I'm very excited about that. And I also would recommend Morgan's article that uh, was released today at Fandom. I thought it was a good read. I could, if, what, I, what I liked about it, Morgan, and I want to say this publicly, is that I could tell that you had written it. It had Aww. Morgan Glennon sass in it. It had the voice in it. Like I could tell that you had, like it wasn't somebody else's article. Like I could tell that you had written it. And that's what I think is a good, well-written article is that you can tell that you can hear the voice of the person who wrote it. So um, I highly recommend it. It's a good read and you can go check it out. It has been posted to the Facebook, the Supergirl Radio Facebook page and our Twitter account. So definitely go check it out. It's worth a read. Because uh, thank made you, a lot of great points, and it was a, a a fun fun thing to read. All right, well, thank you everybody for hanging out with us tonight. I know we ran pretty long, but sometimes these live episodes are so fun that you just kind of want to keep hanging out with everybody. And I think for me personally, uh, just kind of giving some thoughts at the end of the season, one of my personal goals for Supergirl Radio, and I think Morgan probably would attest to this as well is that Supergirl Radio uh, has always been uh, something that I think we want to create community, like a community of fans to gather and talk about the show and share what we love about the show and even things that maybe we thought could use some work. Sometimes that's a good conversation <laughs> to be had. But what I have really enjoyed about this live show is is seeing how many people showed up. Right now we have 23 listeners in the chat. You all have been very engaged very uh, chatty with each other and chatty with us and responding to what we're saying. And I just, I think that's so rewarding for us as podcasters to see everybody in that chat and everybody coming out to celebrate the show and talk about the show and uh, just getting together and enjoying it. Because that's, that's the fun part of being a fan is getting together with other people who like the same thing you do. So yeah. I, I really appreciate everybody coming out and hanging out with us tonight. Uh, and I'd so also like to say, like, I think our the community around our Supergirl radio is, is like we have some of the, the funniest, like coolest people who write into us and who tweet at us all the time. And I'm always just so amazed by how great you guys are. So thank you so much for for dropping in and, and, uh, and recording this with us. It's been amazing. Yeah, you guys are so smart and so funny. 
and um, very insightful. And uh, you correct us when we need correcting. And I also <laughs> appreciate that. So um, I always really appreciate all the feed- feedback that we get in terms of the tweets and the emails and uh, even the, the voicemails and the Facebook posts. We see those Facebook posts, too. Uh, so I, I really appreciate how everybody's been so engaged with the podcast. And we'll s- stick with us because, we're, I mean, we don't really believe in hiatuses, uh, so we'll <laughs> we'll be having some content that coming out this summer. Uh, we'll probably hit some more rebirth. We got to catch up on what's going on because Director Bones, Director Bones, rebirth. That we, was that was our big cliffhanger, and then we just like we d- didn't have time to go back to it. <laughs> so we're getting back to just some director bones. Got to get that director bones fix in. Uh, we'll probably do some character spotlights. We uh, may have some uh, unique things coming up. Uh, so I I would hang out with us. If you like Supergirl, you like the show, we'll, we'll always be putting out some episodes during the summer, even though the show is not uh, coming back until October. So definitely hang out with us because we'll, we'll, we'll be having some fun. Um, but uh, for in terms of this live show, I think that's going to do it for this whole episode on the Supergirl Season 3 finale episode of Battles Lost and Won. And uh, since we don't have an episode next week, there's really no need for a spoiler section. Uh, so uh, don't be expecting one. Uh, we won't have any uh, official descriptions for uh, an episode that's not airing next week. Uh, so uh, even though we don't have a spoiler section, hang out with us for the hiatus. And uh, hopefully we can make the wait for season four a little less awful. Uh, but until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Morgan Glennon. And like Alex Danvers, that's not how we saw this season's finale, this season finale, going.